This spring, if you'd rather spend time enjoying your lawn instead of trying to keep it alive, there's good news. True Green is the easiest and most affordable way to get a beautiful lawn. All you have to do is water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and even some things you might not even think of. They'll do all of it, while you can do literally anything else. With True Green, you could have your lawn looking as good as a putting green. That's not hyperbole. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. True Green offers a satisfaction guarantee, and they have a verified best price promise, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people guaranteed. Bombshell new claims from the book by President Trump's niece. She believes the president could be suffering from multiple psychological disorders. Did he really cheat on his college SATs? And bike wars. How cops and protesters are using bikes in the battle for the streets. Using this bicycle as a fence, as a barricade. Then, rage across America. Please, let him go. Was he trying to lynch a black man and plowing into protesters? And sneezing and coughing. (coughs) How it's sending people into a panic. Then... New information on Jeffrey Epstein's ex-girlfriend. <laughs> Did Jeffrey Epstein keep surveillance tapes and does she have them? Plus, Ronnie and Donnie. <laughs> the deaths of the world's longest surviving conjoined twins. Plus, the little black swimsuit everyone will be wearing this summer. I love how silky smooth it feels on my body. Now, Inside Edition with Deborah Norville. Hello, everybody, and thank you for joining us. There are new bombshells coming out of the book written by Donald Trump's niece, Mary Trump. She writes that as a young man, Donald suffered emotional abuse from his own father, something she says that shaped him into the man he is today. And she also claims that he cheated on his SATs to get into college. All of this comes as another tell-all written by a close confidant of Melania Trump is about to be published. President Trump needs to brace himself. Mary Trump's book is as anti-Donald Trump as they come. The expose book written by the president's estranged niece, Mary Trump, has just been leaked, and it is shocking. Mary Trump practically throws the dictionary at Donald, calling him a sociopath. She says she believes the president could be suffering from multiple psychological disorders. According to Mary Trump, Trump is a narcissist and a toxic bully who practices cheating as a way of life. She also claims the president paid someone to take the college SATs for him that enabled him to eventually be admitted to the prestigious University of Pennsylvania. Mary Trump claims the president's worldview is the direct result of child abuse, neglect, and trauma at the hands of his father, Fred Trump. Brian Stelter, host of CNN's Reliable Sources, obtained an advanced copy of the book, which is being released next week after the Trump family lost its bid to stop publication. We've never seen anything like this before in modern politics, to to have a member of the sitting president's family writing a scathing, scorching tell-all, calling him a failure and saying it all is because of his family problems. Mary Trump, a 55-year-old clinical psychologist, calls her uncle a petty, pathetic little man, ignorant, incapable, out of his depth, and lost to his own delusional spin. Kellyanne Conway is denouncing the book today. As for books generally, 
Obviously, they're not fact-checked. Nobody's under oath. I know there's always this rush to slap credibility on whoever's getting the president that day. Trump's press secretary added her voice to the expressions of outrage coming from the White House. It's a book of falsehoods, and um, that's about it. The president isn't the only one getting hit with an explosive tell-all. Now it's Melania's turn. The first lady's close confidant and former top advisor, Stephanie Winston Walkoff, has written Melania and Me, filled with explosive revelations about the fiercely private first lady. Melania brought her on board to help plan Trump's inaugural ball. After she was terminated in 2018, Walkoff told the New York Times she was thrown under the bus. Ladies and gentlemen, the president of the United States and Mrs. Trump. President Trump and Melania put on a united front at the White House this afternoon, making a joint appearance urging the reopening of the nation's schools. Four months into our collective battle against COVID-19, we are still, in the words of Dr. Anthony Fauci, knee-deep in the first wave of the virus. In fact, in just the first five days of this month, a quarter of a million people have gotten the virus. Here's the latest on the pandemic that is showing no signs of slowing down. Atlanta's high-profile mayor, Keisha Lance Bottoms, has tested positive for COVID-19, and so has her husband and at least one of her children. My husband literally slept from Thursday until yesterday, and that's what gave me some concern. Brazil's president has also tested positive. Known as the Trump of South America, he's been downplaying the virus, ignoring social distancing recommendations, and now his bravada has come back to bite him. Tom Hanks, another famous COVID-19 patient, now fully recovered, is speaking out on the Today Show. The idea of doing one's part, though, should be so simple. Mm -hmm. Wear a mask, social distance, wash your hands. Mm -hmm. It's a mystery to me how somehow that has been wiped out out of, out of uh, what should be ingrained in the behavior of us all. And here's the latest crazy video on the mask wars. This guy got bent out of shape when another customer at a Florida Costco asked him to wear a mask. In Philadelphia, a bar owner pulled a gun on a man, reportedly for scolding him for not wearing a mask. The bar owner claims the man was threatening people. And if you've become leery of coughing and sneezing, you're not alone. A new study has found that Americans are on high alert for every little achoo. This knucklehead got beaten up when he tried to prank people by coughing on them. But Others have weaponized coughs. This customer at a New York bagel shop coughed on a woman who told her to wear a mask. In San Jose, a woman coughed on a baby after an argument over social distancing. And in Florida, this woman, upset at being confronted for not wearing a mask, coughed on the woman recording her. <coughs> I change my clothes as soon as I get in the house, so I have clothes that I only wear outside and then clothes that I only wear inside because I... Serena Kamlani says she's always had a phobia about getting near somebody coughing, but now her fear is through the roof. I'm to the point where I'll physically jump back if someone coughs or sneezes around me. President Trump is being accused of fanning the flames of racism with his incendiary comments on Twitter, and an incident in Indiana underscores these divisions. A car plowed into a group of people protesting after a black man says he was the victim of an attempted lynching. Jim Murray explains what happened next. A black man says a group of white men pinned him to a tree and threatened to lynch him. You can see the lower half of his body pushed up against the tree. Let him go, please. 
Let him go. Witnesses pleaded for the attackers to release him. We're just trying to get out of here. The man says he was jumped and accused of trespassing on private property as he headed to an outing on an Indiana lake with friends. When he was able to get free, an attacker hurled racial slurs. I spoke with Vox Booker, the man who was attacked. They managed to drag me to a tree, uh, pin me down, and, and violently uh, punch and kick and, and pull my hair. I hear uh, one of the, the gentlemen tell his friend to get a, um, a noose. Would you describe what happened to you as an attempted lynching? This is a lynching straight out of the antebellum cell. Booker called 911 but says when authorities showed up, they didn't arrest his attackers. His lawyer says the FBI has opened a hate crime investigation. Dozens of protesters gathered outside the Bloomington, Indiana courthouse to demand justice for Booker, a local civil rights activist. But then, in a dramatic turn, a red car stops to clear a scooter from its path. Once the passenger gets back in, the driver speeds off and hits at least one protester. That woman ends up on the hood of the car, while another protester is left holding onto the driver's side door. Police were in search of the driver. Across the nation, violence continues to escalate. The National Guard is being deployed to Georgia following violence across Atlanta that left four people dead. Comedian and syndicated radio host Ricky Smiley is revealing that his 19-year-old daughter Erin was shot multiple times after she was caught in the crossfire of a road rage incident in Houston. I'm so mad right now, I don't know what to do. His daughter is now recovering from surgery. Today, President Trump says NASCAR made a mistake in banning the Confederate flag. NASCAR chose to go a certain way, and that's going to be up to them. My stance is very simple. It's freedom of speech. You do what you do, it's freedom of speech. And the common bicycle, which has long been a form of transportation, has a new role. It is a tool being used both by police and protesters to take control of the streets. Les Trent explains. Call it bike wars. The humble bicycle has become the vehicle of choice for both protesters and cops. Look at this video of bike riders pouring down 42nd Street in Manhattan in support of the Black Lives Matter movement. 10,000 strong. There were similar scenes in Portland, in Chicago, and in Oakland, California. We'll split it up into the front the middle and the caboose. These riders are going over plans for an upcoming protest. But in the battle for the streets, bikes work for both sides. Bike cops were at the front lines when city officials cleared out occupied Seattle last week. Police officers say one big advantage of the bike is that it is nimble and it can go where a squad car can't. And if a tense situation needs to be diffused, an officer on a bike can seem a lot less threatening. Former police officer Andy Pole showed me one technique. By using this bicycle as a fence, as a barricade, slightly mobile, or as mobile as I need to do, psychologically, I don't have to put my hands on you, and you're not going to be afraid of me, but we can communicate. So when it comes to bikes, both cops and protesters are getting in gear. Did Jeffrey Epstein make videos of the sexual exploits he had as well as his guests? It has long been rumored that the answer is yes. And with the arrest of his former girlfriend and alleged madam, the possible existence of those tapes is of renewed interest. For Ghislaine Maxwell, they could be a useful bargaining chip. And for those who might appear on them, well, they're a problem. Here's Megan Alexander. 
Did disgraced tycoon Jeffrey Epstein secretly record his famous friends having sex? Epstein's victims claim there were hidden cameras at his Manhattan mansion and private island in the Caribbean. Now, all eyes are on Ghislaine Maxwell, the socialite now in custody for allegedly recruiting underage girls for Epstein and what, if anything, she may know about the incriminating tapes. Did she keep them? Does she have them now? She's told me no, but, you know, and I would think they would have surfaced by now. I don't know what happened to them. Maybe he sent them somewhere if they it did exist. But, but as far as I know, Ghislaine doesn't have them. Former stockbroker Laura Goldman says she spoke to Maxwell just last month. She says the 58-year-old heiress knew she was going to be arrested at her New Hampshire hideaway, and she told me how she spent her last weeks of freedom. She did say her goodbyes to her to many people that were close to her or spent time with them on the phone or in other ways. Maxwell may come under pressure to tell what she knows about Prince Andrew's involvement with Epstein. Do you believe she will turn on Prince Andrew and other high profile people? I don't think she'll turn on Prince Andrew. I think that uh, she values him above all else, above all the other people. They have many years together. So how does it, does it all look? Is my hair good? Do I, it's all good. <laughs> and this is video just unearthed by Inside Edition, showing Ghislaine Maxwell primping before making a promotional video for an environmental nonprofit she founded with Epstein in 2012. She is reportedly on suicide watch in the Federal Detention Center in Brooklyn, described by a former warden as a hellhole. She's also expected to spend the first 14 days in quarantine because of COVID-19. But her friend says don't expect Maxwell to end her life the way Epstein did. She is a survivor. And in the end, she'll be queen of the sailboat. Maxwell has denied all allegations of wrongdoing. They are the conjoined twins that beat the odds. After surviving far longer than the experts had dared predict, the world's oldest conjoined twins have died. We had the privilege of meeting them and telling their story here on Inside Edition. I'm Ronnie. I'm Donnie. Ronnie and Donnie Gallion live their entire lives face to face. Born in 1951, the conjoined twins defied the odds and lived to be the oldest conjoined twins in the world. Over the years, Inside Edition celebrated many milestones with Ronnie and Donnie. We were with them when they had a dream come true, attending a Dallas Cowboys football game. In 2014, we celebrated when they turned 61. Joined at the sternum, both shared a lower digestive tract. Each brother had his own heart, stomach, and legs. I came out head first. My brother came out feet first. As children, to pay for medical expenses, the brothers worked in a circus as a sideshow attraction. The brothers did everything together except for one thing, watching TV. In the mornings, they would shave each other, even go out to breakfast, where they were treated like celebrities in their hometown of Dayton, Ohio. For the last 10 years, Ronnie and Donnie lived with their younger brother, Jim, and his wife, Mary. Jim says his brothers died from congestive heart failure. To live 68 years conjoined to your brother, that's a legacy in itself. Ronnie and Donnie were 68. Conjoined twins happen about once out of every 200,000 births. 35% don't survive more than one day. These men were exceptional. And some very sad news to report as one of our members of our Inside Edition family has passed away to COVID-19. Sal Casillas was a veteran news cameraman who loved nothing more than being in the center of the action. 
In his many years working as a freelance cameraman in our Los Angeles Bureau, Sal covered everything from wildfires and red carpets to protests and of course, the pandemic. But Sal's proudest achievement was his family. He's survived by two children, two grandchildren, and his loving wife, Sylvia. Sal Casillas was 54. Our condolences to Sal's family. We'll be right back. Next, the 9-11 survivor captured in this iconic photo. He survived 9-11, but succumbed to COVID-19. It's very, very upsetting to me. Plus, the little black swimsuit everyone will be wearing this summer. I love how silky smooth it feels on my body. Inside Edition with Deborah Norville will be right back. He was one of the survivors on September 11th, whose run to safety was immortalized in an iconic photograph from that terrible day. And now, as Les Trent reports, he has succumbed to COVID-19. It's an iconic photo from 9-11. People running for their lives. You can see the South Tower of the World Trade Center collapsing behind them. Now focus your attention on the man on the left. His name is Stephen Cooper, and he was in downtown Manhattan delivering the envelope under his arm. That was 19 years ago, and now Cooper has succumbed to COVID-19. His partner, Janet Rushes, said Cooper suffered heart issues, possibly due to 9-11, which caused the underlying conditions that made him vulnerable to the pandemic. He passed away, you know, without anybody but the nurses and doctors. It's very, very upsetting to me. There was no closure. She says Cooper was always proud of that famous photo. We made it very, very small. We laminated it and he would keep it in his wallet. And what would he do? He would start to glow, pull out the picture from his wallet and just start the story. When we come back, lots of beaches may be closed, but ladies are still buying swimsuits. We'll show you some of the hot styles next. Even with social distancing at the beach, here are some of the swimsuit styles you might be seeing. The little black swimsuit is this season's must have. You can socially distance, wear your mask, and be stylish at the same time. I think a lot of women feel very comfortable in them. It slims down the figure, it elongates the legs a little bit, and really makes anyone look good. This black swimsuit is simple but very chic, and it works for different body types. The straight across neckline really helps if you have a bigger chest. Getting your feet wet at the Williamsburg Hotel pool in Brooklyn never looks so cool. The sides of this suit are cut out and it has adjustable straps, which makes it work for a lot of sizes. A halter style is classic, but when you turn around, lots of pizzazz in the crisscross design. I love the fit of it. I love how silky smooth it feels on my body. I love that it matches with all my mouth. And you can go romantic with a one piece that has lace details. Black suits can also do double duty. Um, this is a really simple one from Lulu's and I think it looks nice to be pair Put a pair of shorts with it, a skirt. Even in a pandemic, you can look great and stay safe. Channeling old blue eyes at age six. That's next. Finally today, she's the little girl from China named Mew Mew, and she's getting millions of views for her rendition of Frank Sinatra's Fly Me to the Moon. Fly me to Mew 
Miu Miu says her goal is to be, quote, an excellent guitar player. She's well on her way. That is Inside Edition for today. I'm Deborah Norville. Thank you for watching. Stay safe, and we'll see you again tomorrow. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to Inside Edition ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Or you can listen ad-free with Wondery Plus in Apple Podcasts. Before you go, tell us about yourself by completing a short survey at wondery.com survey. The Hargan women seem to have it all. From the outside looking in, we were blessed. My mom was amazing. But as detectives would soon learn, there was a lot going on inside the Hargan household. Ashley and I have been calling my mom and the house and Helen. No one's answering. 63-year-old Pamela Hargan gunned down in her own home. Her youngest daughter, Helen, lay dead upstairs. Patrol, when they arrived, assumed or thought that there might have been a murder-suicide. But for the detectives on the scene... There were things about the scene itself that were concerning to us on day one. Who would want to kill their mother and their little sister? There is no boogeyman here. It is exactly who we think it is. I'm Peter Vance Sat from 48 Hours. This is Blood is Thicker, the Hargan Family Killings. Listen to Blood is Thicker, the Hargan Family Killings early and ad-free on the 48 Hours Plus subscription on Apple Podcasts. Survivor's back and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist, a new co-host, the winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares. Hi! Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast.